Hello, I'm Sofia, and welcome to What We Need to Know About Ukraine. Here, I learn about Ukrainian history, literature, and culture, and share my findings with you. Today's episode is about the Orange Revolution. The Orange Revolution started on the 22nd of November 2004, as a result of mass falsifications of the Ukrainian presidential elections. It was a revolution that fought for free and fair elections, and democracy as a whole. What were the causes then? Who falsified the elections and who were the protesters? The president at the time was Leonid Kuchma, who could not run again since he had already served the limit of two terms. His reputation had fallen significantly after a scandal in which he allegedly ordered to kidnap a Ukrainian journalist who started his own newspaper still known for publicizing corruption and unethical conduct of Ukrainian politicians. Kuchma's role in the murder has never been confirmed. However, because of the incident, not many Ukrainians trusted the president. This was the beginning of the, quote, Ukraine without Kuchma campaign, which was brutally suppressed by police violence and state terror. This was the forerunner of the Orange Revolution. In 2004 then, instead of running in the next election, Kuchma decided to support the pro-Russian at the time prime minister, Viktor Yanukovych who ran against Viktor Yushchenko. Ukraine prior to the Orange Revolution thought to create a path for democratization. Ukraine was considered at the time to be a competitive authoritarian regime, which meant that it is a transitioning hybrid regime, allowing for room to fully transition into a liberal democracy with a market-based economy. Ukrainians wanted to elect a candidate that would bring economic and political reforms uh, in order for Ukraine to become a democracy. Yushchenko quickly established himself as the leading candidate in calling for these reforms. Yushchenko was a charismatic candidate who showed no signs at all of being corrupt, and he was also on the same level as his constituents and presented his ideas in a non-Soviet way, which especially attracted young voters that did not live in the Soviet Union during their conscious lives at least. The elections campaign was underway. And the main candidates were Yushchenko, upon whom the people striving for democracy were counting, and the pro-Russian Yanukovych. Soon, the Orange Revolution will ensue. Why Orange? Yushchenko supporters, or purely pro-democratic and pro-Western Ukrainians, originally adapted orange as the signifying color of his election campaign. Later, the color gave its name to an entire series of political labels, such as the oranges, pomaranchevi in Ukrainian, for his political campaign and supporters. At the time when the mass protests grew, and especially when they brought about political change in the country, the term Orange Revolution came to represent the entire series of events. The election took place in a highly charged atmosphere, with the Yanukovych team and the outgoing president's administration using their control of the government and state apparatus for intimidation of Yushchenko and his supporters. In September 2004, Yushchenko suffered dioxin poisoning under mysterious circumstances. While he did survive and return to his campaign trail, the poisoning undermined his health and altered his appearance drastically. His face still remains disfigured by the consequences, although now it is barely noticeable. Another example would be the three classes map, or the three rates map, as it was produced by Yanukovych and his allies, Russian allies too of course, 
where he basically divided the map of Ukraine into three categories, as if according to his political rival Yushchenko, calling for people to open up their eyes and oppose this horrendous thing. Uh, people in western Ukraine were labeled as first class or first rate, uh, north central Ukraine, meaning Kyiv regions and the regions around that, as second rate, and south and eastern Ukraine as third rate. This, of course, was a poster used purely for political agitation in order to divide Ukrainians and encourage an anti-Western view and anti-Yushenko view in Ukrainians specifically in the eastern, southern, and central Ukraine. The first round of voting was held on October 31st, 2004 and won 39.32% of the votes to Yanukovych and 39.87% to Yushchenko, meaning that Yushchenko scored just 0.55% more. The candidates who came third and fourth collected much less, and since no candidates won more than 50% of the cast ballots, Ukrainian law mandated a runoff vote between two leading candidates. In the wake of this first round of the elections, many complaints emerged regarding voting irregularities in favor of the government-supported Yanukovych. However, as it was clear that neither nominee was close enough to collect an outright majority in the first round, challenging the initial result would not have affected the outcome of the round. So the complaints were not actively pursued and both candidates concentrated on the upcoming second round, scheduled for November 21st. On November 21st, at 2 a.m., the Central Election Commission of Ukraine announced that Yanukovych has won the election even before all votes were counted. Meanwhile, the exit poll results gave Yushchenko the lead. On November 22nd, Yushchenko declares Quote, we do not trust the calculations of the Central Election Commission. We call on our supporters to come to the Independence Square and defend their victory. End of quote. Independence Square is located in Kyiv. That same night, armored vehicles were brought into Kyiv. Armored personnel carriers appear near the Central Election Commission building. The buildings of the presidential administration have also been placed under increased security. Order in the capital was guarded by several tens of thousands of servicemen of the internal troops, as well as special forces. Yushchenko's supporters and foreign observers from Europe and the United States said that elections were held with numerous violations and that such disagreements were the result of rigging in favor of the pro-government candidate. Supporters of the opposition prepared for protest actions in advance. A day before the announcement of preliminary results, tents and tribunes for opposition speeches began to be set up in Kyiv's Independence Square. A few hours before the announcement of the preliminary data by the Central Election Commission, statements about falsification of the elections in favor of Viktor Yanukovych began to be heard. Russian President Putin is the first to congratulate Yanukovych on his victory. Yushchenko's team also publicized evidence of many incidents of electoral fraud in favor of the government-backed Yanukovych, as well as the Russian-backed Yanukovych, witnessed by many local and foreign observers. These accusations were reinforced by similar allegations, though at a lesser scale, during the first presidential run of the 31st of October. 
As told by witnesses, some of these incidents of electoral fraud were quite easy and basic. For example, the lights would turn off and a lot of ballots would disappear and be substituted by fake ballots with Yanukovych's name checked off on them. And sometimes the official machines, as the results got in, had recorded turnouts of even more than 100%, which is of course not possible in a true and fair election. Yanukovych, like I said previously, was proclaimed winner by the officials even before the voting was over. Beginning on the 23rd of November 2004, massive protests started in cities across Ukraine. The largest in Kyiv's Maidan Nezalezhnosti, Independence Square, and attracted an estimated 500,000 participants, at one point reaching a million, based on some calculations. They peacefully marched in front of the headquarters of the Ukrainian parliament, many wearing orange or carrying orange flags, the color of Yushchenko's campaign coalition. Uh, Yanukovych's supporters chose the color blue and sometimes white. A recently established youth organization really quickly undertook the management of the protests in Kyiv until the end. City councils in Kyiv, Lviv, and several other cities passed with wide popular support of their constituency a large symbolic refusal to accept the legitimacy of the official election results, and Yushchenko took a symbolic presidential oath. And this quote-unquote oath was taken by Yushchenko in a half-empty parliament chamber, lacking the minimum amount of members necessary for the oath to be legitimate, as only the Yushchenko-leaning factions were present. And therefore, this could not have any legal effect, but it was an important symbolic gesture meant to demonstrate the refusal to accept the compromised election results. The next day, on the 24th of November, the negotiations between the government and the opposition reached a dead end, as Yushchenko and his party could not accept any outcome other than his proclamation as president. After the announcement of the final results, according to which Yanukovych was recognized as winner, Yushchenko addressed his supporters in Kyiv, calling on them to start an orange revolution with the help of strikes to paralyze government activity, forcing the authorities not to recognize the election results. Quote, the path to compromise through the demonstration of popular will is the only path that will help us find a way out of this conflict. Thus, the National Rescue Committee announces a nationwide political strike. On the 25th, the Supreme Court of Ukraine prohibited the publication of official election results, and the National Rescue Committee was created, which included the leading opposition politicians. Orange demonstrators occupied the Ukrainian House, Kyiv uh, City Hall, and the House of Trade Unions. At the same time, some local officials, primarily in the east of Ukraine as well as Russia, uh, wanted people to support Yanukovych, and that was helped by some Russian TV channels present in Ukraine at the time, as well as some Ukrainian pro-Yanukovych and pro-Russian TV channels and news outlets. In Kyiv, the pro-Yanukovych demonstrators, some of which were genuine and some were paid, were far outnumbered by the Yushchenko supporters, whose ranks were continuously growing by new arrivals from many regions of Ukraine. The scale of demonstrations in Kyiv was unprecedented. By many estimates, on some days, they drew up to one million, like I said, of people in the streets, even though it was absolutely freezing weather. The next day, a rally of supporters of Yanukovych took place in Kyiv, where approximately 60,000 people gathered. Kharkiv and Luhansk regional councils that day announced their intentions to create autonomy. 
We should keep in mind, however, that the people at the top were highly financed and influenced by the Russian Federation at the time, and that regular citizens could be imposed upon by the propaganda coming through news channels, etc. The first round of negotiations between the government and the opposition took place in the capital with the participation of international mediators. On the 27th, Yushchenko declares that he will agree to the continuation of the negotiations only if the topic of the negotiations is the holding of a new vote. Yushchenko comes to the rally on Independence Square with his wife and young children. He asks those present, for the sake of the future of their children, not to leave and not to start a forceful seizing of power. He says, quote, let our action remain peaceful. Only real power can afford to behave correctly, intelligently, and with dignity. There is no problem with storming the presidential administration and the cabinet of ministers, but we do have to get them to bring us the keys to these buildings themselves. And we won't leave until they do. End of quote. An emergency meeting of the Verkhovnarada of Ukraine, meaning Ukraine's parliament, was held in Kyiv that same day, in which all deputies participated. They adopted the resolution on the uh, political crisis in the state that arose in connection with the presidential elections of Ukraine, which invalidated the results of the second round of voting, and also declared having no trust in the Central Election Commission due to the improper performance of their duties provided by the constitution and laws of Ukraine. The parliament then invited the president to terminate the current members of the Central Election Committee and to submit nominations of new members, previously agreed with parliamentary factions and groups. He should do this by the 1st of December. In the next few days, Moscow is using all of its power to convince people that the pro-Russian candidate Yanukovych is the best and is legitimate. Meanwhile, Yushchenko insists on recognizing him as the president based on the results of the first round. At the same time, the West expresses concerns about the possible split of Ukraine. The unity of Ukraine is vitally important, said the EU High Representative for Foreign Policy and Security. NATO Secretary General made a similar statement, stressing that the territorial division of Ukraine cannot be allowed under any circumstances. European leaders fully support the idea of holding a second vote as a possible step to end the political crisis. On the other hand, Yanukovych's wife makes a speech talking about the people protesting the falsified elections as being on drugs given to them by the Americans. That just being some more anti-Western propaganda. At the protest location in Kyiv on November 28, uh, 2004, over 10,000 internal military troops were mobilized to put down the protests in Independence Square by the order of their commander. The protesters put flowers, however, on the shields of the mobilized troops and even asked them to leave or to support them. Even though there was no support from the military, they did not attack and the entirety of the protest went peacefully very unlike what will happen in 10 years' time at the Revolution of Dignity, in that same space, against the same man, and for the same values of democracy and freedom. It was only on December 23rd that the second round of elections was officially called illegitimate, and another election was set to take place. Five days later, Ukraine's parliament brought in new members into the Central Election Commission and adopted amendments to the law on presidential elections in order to block the main channels of election falsification. 
the adoption of these amendments was the result of a compromise between the government and the opposition. In the package with them, a constitutional reform was approved that limits the power of the president of Ukraine and transfers part of his powers to the cabinet of ministers and the parliament. After these decisions were made, the revolutionary tension in society decreased significantly. During the re-voting held on December 26, 2004, meaning uh, the third round of voting, Viktor Yushchenko has won. An attempt by the supporters of the pro-Russian Viktor Yushchenko to protest the results of the rerun second round of the elections did not bring any results. And even before the end of the court session, Viktor Yushchenko was officially recognized as the elected president of Ukraine in the publication of the government courier, which basically meant the official end of the elections. On January 23rd, 2005, Viktor Yushchenko was officially sworn in and assumed the post of president of Ukraine. Besides getting a legitimate president in this bloodless revolution, the Orange Revolution and its consequences significantly changed NATO's and the EU's view of Ukraine and changed the relationship between Ukraine and NATO. After the democratically elected President Yushchenko, hopes for Ukraine's membership in NATO came closer to reality, and on April 20, 2005, NATO Secretary General stated in an interview with the Financial Times that, quote, the membership standards can be much more easily met by the Yushchenko government than the former Kuchma government, end of quote. From the first days of his presidency, Yushchenko has repeatedly stated that the only option for Ukraine's development is full economic and political integration into the EU and into NATO. During his visits to Western countries, he appealed to support Ukrainian efforts. Clear foreign policy motivation, commitment to the Euro-Atlantic course for the development of Ukraine as an independent state, and internal reforms to fight corruption have changed the image of Ukraine. But it was not to be. Even though the Orange Revolution is part of a popular wave of democratization in Eastern Europe, political instability in Ukraine after the revolution rose as a result of the struggle of power between political parties that promoted the ideas of revolution and democratic transformation. The quote-unquote Orange Coalition came to power after the revolution, but later disintegrated into four main political groups the Our Ukraine Party, supported by Yushchenko, the Yulia Tymoshenko Bloc, led by Yulia Tymoshenko, the Socialist Party, and the Party of Industrialists and Entrepreneurs of Ukraine. Immediately after the presidential elections, Yushchenko formed an Orange Coalition government appointing the representatives of the four political groups. However, all four immediately expressed dissatisfaction with the proportional importance of their ministerial powers. The president's uh, efforts to mediate and reunite the coalition government were unsuccessful, and as a result, Yushchenko's government was dismissed after seven months. NATO could not ignore such political instability, despite the fact that the new Ukrainian government ensured a steady stream of reforms aimed at NATO integration, the leadership of the alliance was concerned about political instability, and so were the people of Ukraine. The Orange Revolution was really more of a peaceful protest with revolutionary air about it that could turn violent if need be. People tried to fully democratize Ukraine, which worked to some extent since after that the elections in Ukraine were free and fair. The rallies were peaceful and the main anthem of the revolution were the words, together we are many, we cannot be defeated. Razum nas bahato, nas ne podalate. 
The Orange Revolution was a pivotal point in Ukraine's self-determination, willingness to fight for freedom and democracy. This willingness to fight they will prove with actions 10 years later in the Revolution of Dignity.
Thank you so much for joining me today. And this was what we need to know about Ukraine this week.